950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. It is my absolute pleasure and privilege to welcome to the show once again the Secretary of State of the State of Minnesota. Steve Simon is kind enough to take some time today to talk about these election bills that are going through the House and the Senate right now, and even the one that even got passed and signed already. Mr. Secretary, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. My pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to say this every time you come on the air for the next four years. Can I just tell you how happy I am you trounced your opponent in November? I know you. That's, you're, you're a decent guy, but me personally, oh, I am so glad you are Secretary of State of Minnesota for another term. Well, thank you. I think democracy was on the ballot, not just in Minnesota, but in a lot of places in our country last fall. And I think it came out okay. So it's a labor of love. I'm really proud to be doing this work. The you don't generally get a lot of celebrity visits. I'm going to presume, but uh, the 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 story in the Star Tribune, the, the folks from Hamilton stopped by your office. Yeah, that was really cool. And I assume a lot of your listeners are Hamilton fans, whether they've seen the show or not. Maybe they've heard some of the songs. It was really cool. They're in town, as many of your listeners know, for another couple weeks or so, playing um, downtown Minneapolis, the the traveling version of Hamilton. I've heard it's fantastic, by the way. And some of the cast members stopped by um, to talk about democracy and particularly about youth voter engagement. Apparently, this cast is really, really um, into this issue and have been for a long time. We were actually supposed to do this in 2020, Mm. um, but then COVID got in the way uh, and um, put the brakes not only on our event, but on the whole production of Hamilton coming to Minneapolis. But now it's here. They came it's really a great opportunity to leverage their celebrity to shine a light on these issues, particularly youth voter engagement. It, it is something they're doing nationwide and talking to everywhere where they make a stop? Many places, I'm told. Not each and every place, but um, they were telling me about their tour. Tour. I mean, they're going to cities across the country. Uh, I think next they're going to Albuquerque, New Mexico. One of their stops for a week or two was Tulsa, Oklahoma. So this is a traveling version that's going around the country uh, and it's tremendous. They're giving of their time on these democracy issues, which are really important to this cast, apparently. And I'm grateful. Well, and it's an issue which is becoming much more volatile because Republicans, I mean, w- when you look at the demographics of voting, <laughs> you know, just on a national level, and this is, you know, I don't want to, I mean, your, your, your office is deals with the state. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit political here. Where there are a lot of Republicans who have looked and said, this Generation Z that's coming up right now, I got three of them myself. They basically are very much voting and voting like we haven't seen a generation in a while do, and they're voting for the Democrats. And it's something that scares Republicans enough to where you've actually seen people suggest whether that's shutting down voting on college campuses, yeah. make it, making it where college IDs don't work for voting anymore, trying to stop. I know some of the initiatives we have here where you register to for a driver's license at 16, 17, you automatically be read, registered to vote. They don't want to have that. It really is something that's interesting because – it's it. This is. I'm sorry. I, I think that's kind of very un-American to tell young people, especially people who are legal that have the right to vote, that they shouldn't be able to vote just because they're young. I'll tell you the good news here is that the gap between the voting rate of our youngest voters, let's say 18 to 29, and the rest of us, um, has been shrinking nationally uh, over the last few years. It's been cut almost in half. There has been. No doubt about it, as you said, Matt, I think over the last several years, there has been an awakening among younger voters in our country who have 
come to discover in greater numbers year after year after year that voting is really, really important. I think it is um, really disturbing that some people have tried to undercut that awakening because of their perception about how people are voting. They're not content to celebrate the fact that um, a part of our population whose voter turnout has typically been pretty low has been increasing. That isn't something to celebrate for them. It's something to thwart. And I think what you're alluding to is a recent leaked audio tape um, where Cleta Mitchell, and if your listeners uh, remember that name, this is someone who was instrumental to former President Trump's legal strategy to try unsuccessfully to overturn the election. She just said the quiet part right out loud in this leaked audio where she said, in essence, I'm not using the exact phrase, but it was pretty darn close. We got to stop all this voting on college campuses. Yeah. We've got to stop locating polling places near or at college campuses. We've got to put an end to the ease with which people on college campuses or young people in general are voting. And I'm sorry. I don't care which way someone votes to say about any demographic in this country, whether it's geographic or, or based on race or ethnicity or age or anything else, to try as a category to thwart a particular group's um, ease of voting is just um, sickening and un-American, wherever well, it happens and for whatever reason. And you could try to alter your platform to appeal to the younger voters. I guess not. You're just going to try to wipe them off. The, 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 the voter rolls, which I think is, as you said, it's just, it's, this is a, I think there's a real fear uh, especially as their base, which is the older voter groups, are, are passing away just because of time and how it works. And they're passing away. They're they're really concerned that this younger generation coming through who, and, and like I said, from my experience, from my three kids who are all Generation Z, they are tired of our, our world. They want it to change. And, and so they, I think that that's really scares them because if all of a sudden we have this bold, vibrant group of people who are voting, which, by the way, give you a lot of credit. You encourage voting across the board. And I think it's one of the reasons why my kids, Minnesota kids, want to vote is that we're encouraging them to vote. You know, it, it, there. I think that you can't just go back and I'll just start going back to the age of, well, white landowners are the only ones that can really vote now. I, I think that that's a really bad message. Well, the secret of our success in Minnesota, in my view, has been that we try to make voting accessible to everyone, regardless of how they vote, whether they vote for Democrats, whether they vote for Republicans, whether they're conservatives, whether they're liberals, if they're eligible to vote, if they're a citizen of the United States, a resident of Minnesota, age 18 and over, and so forth, then we should give everyone, no exceptions, everyone the tools they need to decide whether they want to vote. Some people don't want to vote. But in Minnesota, fortunately, over the years, Uh, At sky-high levels, people on all sides have wanted to vote. You know, three out of the last four elections, we've been number one in America in voter turnout. And when it comes to youth engagement, the numbers just came out this week, just, I think, uh, two or three days ago. In 2022, we uh, we won the bronze medal. We were third in the country for youth turnout, ages 18 to 29, which is good. Now, we're on the medal stand. That's great. We want to go for gold in 2024. But we have a good record overall. And a, and a good record when it comes to youth voter engagement, but we could always do better. My point is that we want the rising tide, and we in our office are about making sure that that accessibility is there, regardless of politics, regardless of outcome. That's what has been our success in Minnesota. 
Steve Simon, Secretary of State of Minnesota, kind enough to join us here to talk about some things. Let's get into the, some of the bills already passed. Uh, first of all, the one that has passed, the voting rights uh, to restore voting rights to to uh, to uh, people as uh, Minnesotans as soon as they leave prison. Uh, Republicans were very upset about this. Um, the reality is, is I am of the mindset, you know, hey, if you serve your time, you're done with your sir. You know, you you were sentenced. You serve your time. You're out. As far as I'm done, that means you're free, you know, and you should have the rights of American citizens once you are no longer serving your time. Yeah, I would say this. Um, this does have bipartisan support. It did in the legislature. Um, not as much as I would have hoped, but it did. And in other states as well. Some of the states that are moving in this direction pretty quickly as we speak include Nebraska, Kentucky, mm-hmm. hardly anyone's idea of a, you know, cobalt blue state. <laughs> um, but 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 these are states that are moving in that direction. Florida took a vote in 2018 and it was 6139, really lopsided for a state like Florida, 6139, who said, yeah, this is a good idea. And to me, I view it uh, on multiple dimensions, one of which is, you're right, um, if someone is among us and a judge or a jury has made a decision, not me, not you, not your listeners, but someone who has reviewed the facts and the record and the circumstances has made a decision that a person is worthy enough, good enough, and safe enough to be among us, to be shoulder to shoulder with us, then they should have a stake and an investment in the outcome. And then the other thing I always say is this isn't just some act of charity. We know from multiple studies that when people feel a sense of investment in ownership and a stake in society, they are far less likely to reoffend and end up back in prison. So this isn't just some kind act. This is something that's good for all of us. We want people engaged in pro-social behavior like voting, which is going to keep them out, keep them on the straight and narrow. That's good for all of us, not just the folks involved. We've passed the House on the, uh, the applicant for a new or renewed driver's license or identification card to be automatically registered to vote uh, unless they opt out, which does give them the option there. Also allows 16 right. and 17-year-olds to fill out a pre-registered to vote form. It has passed the House. It has not gotten a hearing, I don't think, yet in the Senate. Uh, what Do you feel that, you know, once again, that goes back to what you and I talked about, not only the convenience and ease of all of us being able to have be registered to vote with just as simple as regi- you know getting your driver's license renewed, but as well getting, you know, engaging the young voter and letting them know, hey, this is an easy way to make sure you're registered to vote. So when you turn 18, you're ready to go. Uh, what's your thought on that? Do you think that one's going to get through the Senate? I do. I think it's going to, uh, as soon as next week, I think that's going to get through the Senate, both of those things. And you mentioned pre-registration mm-hmm. for 16 and 17 year olds. By the way, this is something, just so your listeners know, this is a nonpartisan issue. There are ruby red states that do this, like Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are uh, blue states that do it. There are purple states that do it. Many states do pre-registration. And by the way, even in Minnesota, we kind of sort of have a version of that right now in current law. We have a law on the books right now. Maybe your Gen Z kids know about this. That, that says that if you are 17 but will be 18 by the next election, you can register to vote. So we're already partway there. This would just make it clear it's all 17-year-olds and all 16-year-olds would enjoy the same privilege that we already have for some sliver of 17-year-olds. So this isn't some big sea change. Again, other states do this. And the best part about it is it isn't just happy talk or theoretical. It really has moved the needle in other states. There have been studies done uh, about how it really has an impact mm-hmm. on voting that first time. And by the way, I think, as we all know, just as, as a matter of common sense, 
when you can get someone to vote in that first election that they're eligible, 18 or 19 or whatever, they are far more likely to then make it a lifelong habit. So it's about getting those good habits started early. On pre-registration, it's really not, or it, I'm sorry, on, uh, on automatic voter registration, I should say. Um, again, we have some version of that in Minnesota right now, like today, under current law. If you go in to get or renew your driver's license, there's a box you can check that says, hey, please also register me to vote. Um, the only difference here, theoretically, between what, what we're proposing and what exists in current law is what you alluded to, which is an ability to sort of opt out. It's a little more complicated than that, but basically it would presume you do want to get on the voting rolls rather than presuming you don't. Yeah. So it's an opt out at the end. I and, will. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, too, is something that's been adopted by red states, by blue states. It's nonpartisan in origin. It's nonpartisan in effect. It's just a good thing to do. FYI, my daughter turned 18 in September last year, told me about that rule that I need to get registered prior to this because I will still be able to vote in October when I turn 18. And so, yeah, th- that's the crazy part about this Gen Z, man. They they know this stuff. I remember I was <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about it really until I got into my 20s and then I kind of figured out voting. These people, th- th- this group of kids, they know all these rules and they are ready to go, which is, I can, I you know, I, I think it's very endearing personally. I appreciate knowing that as a father of two kids who are a bit younger, who are 10 and a half and nine, I'm taking mental notes. Yes. I hope that as they approach that age, they'll sort of get with it too. Um, I want to talk a a little bit as well about the disinformation bills. They're basically trying to stop. I mean, it's something that we've seen. It's in a really ugly side of politics right now where people were going out there and putting out wrong dates for elections or, um, you know, they're doing, you know, fake videos, which uh, is fairly easy to do with AI and, uh, and, and, and nowadays. You know, it, it really is um, something that needs to be addressed here because this stuff is getting out of control. And you quite literally can have a ton of influence over an election coming from people who are whole job is to basically discourage people from voting, telling outright lies to, to stop them from voting correctly or putting out false information that, that you know, that basically persuades them to vote somewhere else. You're absolutely right. That's why I am back, strongly backing a bill that's making its way through the legislature. I think it will get across the finish line to get at this disinformation. And let me just say, before I say another word, we all, every one of us, um, respect and revere the First Amendment. Everyone in America has a right to be wrong, no question. You have a right to say stuff that's just plain old not true, with guardrails, though. Um, and no one is saying you can't believe what you want or have any political belief that you want. Um, but, but when you, and this is why the, the language is pretty, pretty um, narrowly tailored, as they say, um, the language says, if a person knowingly, okay, that's key, knowingly and for the purpose of interfering with someone else's freedom to vote or registering to vote, if they do that and spread disinformation, then um, uh, this creates some some real penalties. And I think that's a good thing. Again, just going out there and saying the so-and-so election was rigged or your vote's not worth anything or whatever. Of course, that's First Amendment protected speech. No one, you know, I might disagree with it. You'll disagree with it. But, hey, say all you want. But if intentionally you spread false information that you know to be false with the intention, not accidentally, with the intention of interfering with someone else's right to vote, then there are consequences to pay.
Mm-hmm. And um, I back that legislation. I expect it to pass. Well, and it should be mentioned that Eric Lucero on the right, he's also a big advocate of this. He's worked in cyber tech uh, security and he's the, these deep fake videos. He has been a, a big pro- yep. a proponent of this. And so it does seem like it does have a pretty decent amount of both sides. Cause I mean, this kind of stuff goes both ways. I mean, you, it, it does, right. it, it's not one party or the other. It, it really is getting to the point, especially as technology advances so quickly, it is something right. that can consume both parties very quickly. Well, I'm glad to hear that Senator Lucero is, is giving this in consideration, or at least has, has um, talked about these themes. I know he, he has a professional background in um, cybersecurity and other things, so I, I would imagine he has some insights on this. And, and you're right, it is totally nonpartisan. I mean, you can well imagine someone on the left who, uh, for all the wrong and bad and terrible reasons, with the intention to interfere with someone's um, voting rights, uh, who uh, is on the right, um, conjures or manufactures some image or some false facts or whatever it is to, to get in the way to hamper someone's ability to vote. We don't want that either. We don't want anyone to be hampered for that reason with that intention in mind. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, it's always an absolute pleasure to, to get to chat with you. I know there's some other bills that you're working on right now. I do appreciate the time that we've had today, though, to, to go over these issues here. And I do hope, I, I mean, I got great faith, especially with the Democratic majorities, that we'll be able to get all these bills passed through and, and get them signed by the governor. It's been quite an impactful session in the democracy space, and I expect that to continue. But thanks for letting me uh, have a few minutes and, and let me say a few words. Have a great weekend. It's always my pleasure. Secretary of State of Minnesota is Steve Simon, kind enough to join us today. Let's take a break. Come on back. Wrap up an hour number one when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.